So we're talking about the Holy Spirit empowered for excellence. Uh, Earlier this year, uh, our family, with our kids and our grandkids, we had the privilege of going on a snow ski trip that you folks gave us for our 30th anniversary pastoring the church. We had a wonderful time. We flew to Montana. Uh, grandkids had never re- really hardly even seen snow before. In fact, I don't think they had seen snow before. We went snow skiing. No, they hadn't snow skied. We were, we, we were amateurs at it. We were renting the equipment, going through it. I, you know, we're just kind of uh, having a good time. And, and uh, we rented a condo there at the place where and all three families stayed together at the uh, ski lift place. Or I don't know what you call it. I don't have all the ski language, okay? It doesn't snow in San Antonio. You know that. Uh, and, and when we were there, we landed at the airport, rented a couple vehicles, put a lot of luggage and put the family and had a minivan. And then uh, when, I were, when I was renting vehicles, this guy at the rental store said, you need to get this, this double cab. He said, take this. A silver four-wheel drive Ford pickup. I said, okay, so we loaded the luggage in, we went up there, and we went to the place where we were staying, it was near the, where the ski lift was, and, and we pulled off the main road, and there was this, this uh, dirt road, but it was covered, I mean covered with snow, and it was kind of an incline up to the place where we were staying. We went up there with the van, the minivan, trying to go up the hill, Zzzz, the wheel was turning. It could not make it up. It just couldn't make the incline. I mean, that back wheel was just spinning like 60 miles, but it just couldn't get just couldn't get up the hill to go to the place where we were staying. But the four-wheel drive could. So what we did is we parked the minivan down here, loaded up the luggage, and I would drive up and then come back down, get some of the grandkids and drive up, made several trips back and forth just to get up because I would put that, that Ford truck into, the gears would grind into four-wheel drive, and that thing could go up the hill and get everybody where they needed to be. I want to talk to you about, about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. There are many of us who are like that red minivan. If everything's going smooth and everything is fine, your joy in the Lord is sustained. Everything's cool. Everything's going great in your life. There's no interruptions. Your boss is not riding your back. Your, your, your mother-in-law didn't come this summer, or what, 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 whatever the case would be. You know, what, whatever the case may be. <laughs> yeah, everything's going smooth, you know. Everything's going smooth. But when a challenge comes, you're like that red minivan. You're just spinning your wheels. And you feel like you're trying to go forward. But I remember that minivan just kind of slipping back down the hill. It just couldn't go. Now, there was enough horsepower. There was enough horsepower, but only one of the wheels was empowered. Only one of the wheels were turning. The other four were just static, were not empowered. Just the one wheel was empowered. It had enough horsepower. But the four-wheel drive, all four wheels are empowered. There's not only horsepower, but all four wheels are empowered. I tell you what, I could go up the hill and I could get us where we needed to be. Can I tell you that's exactly what God has for us. Through the Holy Spirit, God wants to empower us for excellence. God doesn't want our faith walk to be on and off, uh, to be a time of struggle, to just go up and down, up and down all the time. God has something else in mind for us. And in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, here's what Jesus said. He said, you will receive power 
after the Holy Spirit. You will receive power after, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let, let me put it in this language. You will receive four-wheel drive after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You're not going to spend your time in your faith walk just spinning your wheels and going through the motion. Jesus wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if our days are going to be smooth, we're going to invite Christ in our heart. We have a making new experience. Salvation comes. Jesus comes in our heart. And from the moment Jesus comes into our heart, if everybody's just going to get out of our way and everybody's going to love us and all of our coworkers are going to clap, oh, make their life wonderful, make their life great. Uh, and everybody around us is just going to be do, go out of their way to just make our pathway smooth. Can I tell you what? The, all we need is the hope of heaven. But Jesus knew that we were going to have challenges. Jesus knew we were going to have peaks and valleys. And Jesus said you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. For you see, life is not a picnic. It's more like the Hunger Games. You with me? I mean, it's a challenge. It's a battle. There are things that you're struggling against and and going against. And you and I need the, if you please, the four-wheel drive of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because every one of us have a button somebody's going to push. Are you with me? That, that, that button that sets you off. Do you have an annoyance button? What, what, what annoys you? Is there an, is parents, is, does it annoy you when your kids roll their eyes at you? You know, doesn't that sometimes just infuriate you? Uh, your, your kids roll their eyes. How, how about, how about traffic jams? How about telemarketing calls when you're trying to have dinner in the evening? Uh, is there something, wives, that your husband do that just, it pushes your button? Is there just something that, you know, he's at the dinner table eating, he takes his fork and scratches his back? Is there something that just, <laughs> that just annoys you, you know? Ah! One wife said, my, my, my husband has an annoying habit. Someone said, what is it? She said, breathing, just breathing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is the buttons in your life being pushed? How about the the stress button, demands and life and just obligations and responsibilities and workload, family load, and just 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 all coming. The uh, and and all of a sudden, little things just kind of push your button and push you over the edge. How about frustration? Is there a frustration button in your life? Is there somebody you want to cancel your subscription to their issues? Is there? Is there a coworker you'd like to just get out of their world? I mean, it's always drama. It's something always is happening. Why? Because, because life is that way. Do you know a song we never hear sung anymore? I remember as a kid, people would sing this. Home, home on the range. Never is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Nobody sings that anymore. Today, our, our mantra, our theme song is a rap full of insults and antagonism. That's the day we live in. Annoyance, frustration, people are angry, people upset at one another. And the scriptures tells us, the scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter number uh, 6, verse number 18, something very important. And what's important about this verse is this is the setting from verse number 10 to verse number 17 where, where the New Testament tells us to put on the whole armor of God. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, all of the armament. I, I preached on that. You've heard sermons. You've probably heard it taught. But there is one verse that is typically left out when people talk about our, our armament in the Spirit. They go all the way down to verse number 17 and 
and they forget to read verse number 18. And verse number 18 is a part of the armor of God that equips us for life, that equips us for the challenges and the struggles. And it's this, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's part of our armament. That's part of our preparation. That's part of what we do in order to be effective as Christians. We pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. God wants us to be equipped. When you have a heel, God doesn't want you and I spinning our wheels. God wants us equipped to overcome that. How do we do that? We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to invite you to go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter number 14. The words of Jesus. And Jesus is talking to us about the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And in just a moment, I'm going to call people forward to just begin to respond and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to go into a worship moment. And I invite you to let the Lord prepare your heart to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. But in John chapter 14, it's red letter edition. If you have a print Bible, this is the words of Jesus. It probably has a title before verse number 15. It says, Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit. You probably have that title in your Bible. Let's look at verse number 16 and 17. And Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. Who is this advocate that's going to be with us forever? Verse number 17, the Spirit of truth. Remember, anytime the word Spirit is capitalized, Anytime you see in the New Testament where the word Spirit is capitalized, you could put before that the word Holy, the Holy Spirit. Because anytime it's capitalized, it refers to the Holy Spirit. Who is this one that's going to be with us forever? The Holy Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. A twofold relationship to the Holy Spirit. He's with you but shall be in you. I'm going to unpack that in just a moment. And from verse number 16 and verse number 17, there are three thoughts I want to deposit in our hearts as we look at the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow me to unpack it. Number one, number one, the Holy Spirit provides continuous empowerment for us as believers. The Holy Spirit provides continuous empowerment for you and I as believers. Jesus said in verse number 16, the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. He'll be with you forever. Continuous empowerment. Continuous empowerment. It doesn't matter if you're just married, been married 20 years. Continuous empowerment. Doesn't matter if you have kids in elementary or kids in high school. Continuous empowerment. Doesn't matter whether you're employed or laid off. Continuous empowerment. He will be with you forever. It's interesting to me down at the courthouse, the same place that you get a marriage license, you can go and get a divorce. Just at the same spot. How sad, how sad. The same spot, you get a marriage license and you can get a divorce. I, I, I've done hundreds of weddings in my ministry through the years. Hundreds of weddings I've performed for people. And anytime you have a, a wedding, there's always this brown envelope and there's these two pieces of paper in it. There'll be a brown manila envelope, and I'll have the marriage license. I've always got to sign it. I've got to get the witness to sign it, and I mail it back. But every time there is these two uh, letters inside the envelope that a marriage license comes in, one is to the couple, and one is to the minister or the whomever's perform, performing the marriage ceremony. And to the minister performing the marriage ceremony, it says, Notice to all persons authorized to perform a marriage ceremony. If you don't sign this and get it back within 30 days, this is a, 
uh, this is a misdemeanor punishable by a fine of not less than 200 and no more than $500. If I don't sign it and I don't mail it in in a timely fashion, I, I'm subject to a misdemeanor two to $500 fine. And all I do is marry them. This is to the couple, and it lists here, as a couple, you need to practice forgiveness, you need to be patient, you need to encourage each other, you need to treat everyone with, you need to treat your spouse with kindness and respect, you need to actively listen to one another, you need to build, build trust with one another. We have a booklet we can give you and go online and, down, and download it. What happens if they don't do it? Nothing. I'm fined $500. <laughs> if I don't sign it, if I just don't sign it, I get a $500 fine. They, they, they can destroy their marriage and it doesn't cost them anything at all. They say, just come back and we'll give you a divorce. But pastors, you better make sure you sign it. And there are so many couples that they say, I do, and I want to live happily ever after. But a few years later, they're saying, hit the road, Jack. What happened to them? They got to a point and they were spinning their wheels. They said, I can't do this anymore. Spinning their wheels. They're going up a challenge. Maybe a relationship challenge. Maybe something happened. Maybe a time of unemployment. Maybe stress in the marriage. Maybe it just got mundane. Maybe they got a boring season in their marriage. And they're going up the hill and they're, they're spinning their wheels. And they just can't get to the marriage they want. They just can't make it happen. They're missing something. Can I tell you, that's the reason we need the Holy Spirit. He will be with us forever. He empowers us with the four-wheel drive because Jesus said there will be ebb and flow in life, highs and lows. And there'll be a time you're going to be in your ebb and you're going to be in your low. And you're going to need a power from God in order to deal with the challenge. You're going to need the grace of God to take you beyond yourself. When you say, I don't have any feelings and I can't do it and I don't understand it and I don't know how I'll make it happen. God says, I'm going to step in and I'm going to do something. He will be with you forever. If I could use cell phone language, you will never be out of service with God. Never is there place spiritually. You're going to look at your heart and you say, there's no bars. I can't reach God. I'm empty. I'm in a place. I'm in, a, I'm in the emergency room. We're at a place of crisis. I'm not getting along with my teenager. I'm not getting along in the family. I feel brokenhearted. I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through something. I don't understand. God, you've abandoned me. No, you have continuous cover. He will be with you forever in the worst of life, in the warfare of life, in the worries of life, in the weakness of life. He will be with you forever. And in the Holy Spirit, we have that continuous empowerment in our life. Continuous empowerment. Number two, let me share with you. The gift of the Holy Spirit is available to all Christ followers. The gift of the Holy Spirit is available to all Christ followers. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse number 17, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. Jesus is teaching us something. Jesus, he said, the world can't receive the Holy Spirit. Now, now th this is important because he's not talking about salvation. He's talking about something else. He's saying, the world can't receive the Holy Spirit because it doesn't see him and it doesn't know him. But he's going to tell me, you know him. He, you know him. You see, all Christ followers have the privilege of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the struggles of pastoring people and Praying with people to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit that they, they struggle with all the time. As they look at their life and they see imperfection. I'm not strong enough in my faith. I haven't read the Bible a lot. 
I, I have doubts. I have fears. I promised God I would, and then I disappointed God, and I didn't. I've had ups and downs, and I've been inconsistent, and I haven't always done. And they see imperfection, and because of imperfection, they think they're not qualified to receive the Holy Spirit. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You know Christ. You've had a making new experience. Jesus has come into your heart. You've asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins. You are qualified to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. For you see, God does not require perfection. God honors devotion. God does not require perfection, but God will honor devotion. Go with me to Acts chapter 2, verse number 38 and 39. This is... This is after the upper room experience in which at least 120 people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what Simon Peter had said on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, verse number 38. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, first thing we learn is the requirement to receive the Holy Spirit is you have to repent. You have to be a Christ follower. You know Jesus you know the Lord, you've met the one qualification, all it takes. You don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is say, I've repented of my sins. You say, but I have weakness. That's all right. That's why you need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to verse number 39. He continues, for the promise is to you and your children, all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And he's telling us there it's available to all Christ followers. All you have to do is repent. All you have to do is know Christ as your Savior and you're qualified to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you, God wants us to be filled. God doesn't want us to struggle. God doesn't want us to be in the ups and downs and the, the insecurities and, and the, the brokenness of life. God wants to give us the four-wheel drive so we're not spinning our wheels. Thirdly and lastly, before we go into a time of worship and people receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, there's a third thought, at least one more thought in these verses. Verse number 17, and it teaches us Christ's followers can receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Notice what it says in verse number 17, the words of Jesus, but you know him. You've had a making new experience. You know him. You have salvation. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Twofold relationship. He is with you and will be in you. Many of us, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit is with you. You say, I feel God's Spirit. You're, you're right, you do. There are times I, I just, I, I feel God with me. I feel God speaking. You're absolutely right. He's with you. But he wants to be in you. Pastor, help me understand the difference of with you and in you. Help me kind of get a, a grasp on what Jesus is talking about. Well, if, if, I, could, if I could try to illustrate that for a moment. Uh, when I travel overseas and go on a missions trip, in fact, I will be in Africa in the month of January for a couple of weeks. We're going to dedicate a building, a school that we helped build over there in Nairobi, Kenya. I'm going for the dedication of that. When I travel overseas, one of the things when you travel overseas, you've got to be very careful on what you eat. Because if you eat the wrong thing, can I tell you, you can, you can have 
Uh, you can have the revenge of all revenge come into your stomach. You've got to be very careful. So when I travel overseas, very careful. And sometimes you'll do everything right, and you can get sick to your stomach. So every time I go, I take a, it's a prescription that's, that's the, that it kills uh, parasites, and uh, you get it from the doctor, kills any kind of thing that's going on in your stomach. And when I go on a missions trip and whatever, and I'm packing things, and one particular time <coughs> I was going to Tanzania, Africa, was getting everything ready and i was about to walk out the door denise says do you have that prescription with you i said yes i do i've got to always carry it with me just in case many times ago never use it but i always carry it with me just in case yes i have it with me well i went on the missions trip about nine days everything was great i went to the airport and when you think airport think of think of flea market okay i it's it's not an airport like you and i think and and i had i had i had been eating overcooked food and just being very careful i thought you know what before i get on the plane i'm gonna have a nice meal so i ordered fish and chips now it ought to be a warning when they don't in a country that you don't have refrigeration and the ocean is 100 miles away don't order fish ah why did i why did i do that so i ordered fish and chips and my first warning should have been the fish wasn't warm it wasn't cooked real good and I said, well, I prayed over it. It's all right. I'll, it'll, be, it'll be all right, okay? <laughs> so I ate it. A uh, couple hours later, I'm getting on the plane, and I'm not feeling well. No sooner to get on the plane than it, it hit me. Oh, I was so sick. I had a nine-hour flight, four-hour layover in Amsterdam, nine-hour flight to Minneapolis, three- or four-hour layover, and then a three-hour flight into San Antonio. And this is my first nine-hour flight. And about an hour into it, I'm sick. As soon as the fastened seatbelt sign went off, I go to that little room up there. It's amazing what you can do. In that little space, I could get down on my knees, and I made an altar out of that toilet right there. I bow down before it, and I begin to pray for Earl. Earl! Earl! Uh, people heard me interceding for Earl all up and down the, uh, the, the, the plane. Oh, I was so sick to the point of just the smell of food just would make me sick. I had a nine-hour flight. I got to Amsterdam, and I was there. I was so sick. I called Denise. I said, Denise, I ate fish. I know I should have. I just, don't tell me I told you so. I ate it. I am so sick. And she said, okay, did you take the medicine? There it is. There's two questions. The first question when I left, she asked me, is the medicine with you? Right? The second question, when I'm sick, she says, is it in you? Did you take it? That's what I'm talking about. Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit will be with you, but I want him in you. Do you see the difference? The medicine was with me, but there was a moment it needed to be in me because when the volcano was erupting inside of my stomach, I needed the medicine in me. And here's what Jesus is saying. I don't want you to be at the point where life is is crumbling there's going to be a point you can't get to church there's going to be a midnight hour moment there's going to be a time on the job you're going to be confused there's going to be a time you're going to be stabbed in the back there's going to be a time your heart is going to be broken there's going to be a time that trust is going to be shattered in your life and in that moment you can't get to a prayer chain and you you, you won't find somebody in the social media to encourage you in that moment at that very time you need the holy spirit in you he can live inside of you he will be there at that moment and he will 
will take you beyond your pain when you say, I don't have it within me. That's right. You have the Holy Spirit within you. And you begin to pray in the Spirit and a power and, in a, and, and a surge comes within you and you're not spinning your wheels any morning more, but you have the power to push through that and say, I'm not giving up on God and I'm not giving up on my life and I'm not giving up on God's promise and I'm not giving up on the Lord. And you press through that and you become all that God wants you to be. Why? Because believers can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Believers can be filled. You see, this in you, God wants to be involved. God wants to give you input. God wants to infuse you. God doesn't want to come in after the fact. God doesn't want to show up in your life when, when you're at your wit's end. God wants to be with you in that moment, an intimacy, a, a connection moment. Then the very crisis of that, the Holy Spirit takes over and where there's hopelessness, all of a sudden faith speaks in your heart and faith reaches out to God. That's what God has for us. What happens when, when people are filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, let's let the Bible answer that. Can we do that? Let's let the Bible answer that. Acts chapter 2, verse number 4. At least 120 gather for a moment that Jesus said, don't go anywhere until you have been filled with the Spirit, until you've been empowered from on high, empowered for excellence. They're gathered together, and Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, tells us what happens when people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Yes. The Holy Spirit takes over and they spake with tongues and pray in the Spirit as the Holy Spirit enables us. There's four things I want to give you very briefly before we go into a prayer moment. Very quickly, let me share them with you. Biblical, scriptural requirements to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, you must already be a Christ follower. We've already covered that. You must be a Christ follower. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. But if you have received the Holy Spirit, you're qualified. Number two, you must ask in faith and continue to seek. A mistake some people make, and I've heard many believers say this, it's a mistake, it won't work that way. They say, well, if God wants me to be filled, he'll just fill me. No, he won't. God wants you to be saved, but God's just not going to save people until they call upon the Lord and ask for salvation. You're not saved until you ask for salvation. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit until you ask for the Holy Spirit. It's like having the medicine with, with me. And I say, well, if, if God wanted me to have that medicine in my stomach, Denise, God would just cause that little pill to levit, levitate out of the bag. It will come right in front of my mouth and my tongue, will, as I stick it out, it will deposit on there. No! I'm digging through it. I'm seeking it out. I'm sick. I said, I need that. I want to, I got to get better. You've got to ask in faith and continue to seek. Number three, yield to God. Yield to God. One of the important reasons God wants us filled with the Holy Spirit is it teaches us to yield to the Lord. It teaches us to yield our, 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 our intellectual restraints, our arguments, our reluctance, our inhibitions. It's saying, God, here am I, and I hold nothing back. It's learning to yield to the Lord. And number four, number four, in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, 
you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue. Throughout the book of Acts, when they were filled with the Spirit, the Bible says, and they spake, they spoke in an unknown language. Acts chapter 2, verse number 4. They were all filled and began to speak in an unknown tongue as the Spirit gave the utterance. And many of us get to the point of we don't speak. We think God's going to come down and put us in a trance and zap us. It doesn't happen that way. It's the yielding to God. And the moment of receiving is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We may be praying and worshiping in Spanish or English, and then all of a sudden we say, I'm not going to do it in the, the way I know. I'm going to yield to the Lord. We continue to worship. We continue to verbalize. And then all of a sudden we're filled with the Holy Spirit. I prayed with hundreds of people to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you, God never fills people who are not speaking forth. And the Bible says, and they spake with tongues as the Spirit give them utter- gave them utterance. The Spirit never speaks. We speak. The Spirit gives the utterance. What does that mean? That through our worship and through our expression and our devotion verbally, worshiping the Lord, then all of a sudden we're not doing it in English in the language we know anymore. We're yielding ourselves to God. And then all of a sudden the utterance of the Spirit is coming. And it's no longer you and I sitting in the driver's seat. The Holy Spirit is taking control. And he's in power. He's teaching us to know how to follow him and let go. That's what God intends. So right now, I'm going to invite you to put up your electronic device and put down your print Bible for a moment. And I'm going to invite the house, balcony, and main floor to stand together with me. We're going to go into an altar moment. I want you to begin to prepare yourself to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just just begin to prepare yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It will help you if you'll close your eyes. I don't know about you, but closing my eyes kind of helps me block everything else around me. just kind of pushes everything else. I'm not distracted, and I'm not thinking that somebody's looking at me, and somebody's wondering what I'm doing. or what. Just block it out. Just the balcony and main floor. Just, just take a moment right where you're at and close your eyes. Now, don't ask God for stuff. Don't start saying, God, bless this and make this better. God, change this and the work I have to do tomorrow and on the way to it. Don't ask. Focus on the Lord. Just begin to focus, meditate on the Lord. Would you do that right now? Just in the presence of the Lord. Just in the presence of the Lord right now. Just begin to worship Him. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Now, I'm going to give an invitation just while you're meditating on the Lord. There's some of us in this room, we're at a dry season. It's been a long time since we've just wept before the Lord. We've just had an intimate moment with God in which we felt God's presence in such a strong way. Many of us are filled with the Spirit, but we're not really praying in the Spirit. It's been a long time since we prayed in the Spirit, and we know we're missing something. We just feel like we're in a season where we're, we're missing something from from our spiritual life. Our worship is just not what it used to be. We're just not having that that breakthrough moment. And this is already describing many of us in this room. And if that's you, if that's you, 
I want you to get ready to receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. With your eyes closed, I don't want you to look around at anyone around you. I don't want you to think about, I don't want to be the first one. I just I'll forget about anyone. This, If this is for you and you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, I want you to step out and come stand in the altar right here, right now. I just want you to just step forward. I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. You come forward right now. Just come forward and stand. Just move all the way up here to the front and just, just stand. Just I'm, 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 I'm making my statement. I'm making the step forward as my statement. Oh, God, I need more of you. I want more of you. Number two, number two, there's many of us. For some time, we have been desiring something deeper and more from God. We're wanting something else. And you realize there's more than just having a daily scripture you read on Facebook, just saying prayers over the dinner meal at night. There's just more, and you have been desiring more. You've been coming to a spirit-filled church, and God has been preparing and awakening your heart for more, and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, that's exactly what I need. I know God is with me, but I want the Holy Spirit in me. I, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If that's you, if that's you, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to come forward right now. Just step forward. Just come and stand right down here. And let your statement of coming forward be your desire and express your, your willingness to say, God, I'm going to seek after you, and I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You come down here. You just come down here and stand with us. We're going to go into a moment of worship. For those of us that are in the altar, I'm going to invite you to begin to worship the Lord. Just begin to worship the Lord. Forget about anyone that's around you. And I'm going to invite you to verbally worship the Lord. Just express your heart and your desire. It doesn't have to sound like mine. Can I tell you at Westover, we are not going to push it on you and we're not going to push you down. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit can in such a meaningful and significant and gentle way fill you with the Holy Spirit. Your experience doesn't have to look like mine or sound like mine, but God can and God will fill you. So I'm going to invite you to just begin to worship the Lord. Just begin to worship the Lord. Right now, just begin to verbalize it. Across this auditorium, I'm going to invite every spirit-filled believer in here to begin to worship in the spirit if you can. Would you do that? If you if you know how to pray in tongues and worship in tongues, would you do it? Now, we're spirit-filled church. It's appropriate. It's not out of place. Just begin the balcony and the main floor. Just begin to worship the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, rabaralalamasi. We love you, God. Just worship. Just worship in the Spirit. Join me, congregation. Join me, Westover. Let's worship in the Spirit. Those that are in the altar, just begin to worship the Lord. Just begin to praise Him. Just, be, just forget about everything. Don't make requests. Just draw close into the Lord. Just lean into the presence of the Lord right now. Lean into the presence of the Lord right now. Oh God, oh God, we lose our reluctance and our inhibition. Teach us, Lord, to yield. Teach us, Lord, to yield. Guys, it's, it's, it's often a challenge for us. It's often a challenge because we grow up learning to control everything and to manage everything. And there's a moment in which God says you can't control and manage this. You're just going to surrender. 
And that's hard for us guys to do. Guys, I'm going to invite you to worship. Worship and just for this moment say, Lord, you're in control. You're in control. I'm not going to manage the Holy Spirit. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit have his free will in my life. Would you just join me right now? We're going to worship. We're going to worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Join me, Westover, your spirit field. Let's, let's, let's worship in the spirit. Would you do that? Oh, God, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now I'm going to invite you, if you're, in the, if you're in the altar right now, continue to worship the Lord. Just don't do it in English and Spanish. Just begin to worship in the Spirit right now. Let the Lord fill you. Let the Lord fill you as the worship team leads us into God's presence right now. Would you do it? Hallelujah. 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 We love you, God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You walk upon the waters wherever you would come me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever. Spirit of God, just Lord, fill us. My faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. My faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Yeah. 
I'm going to ask every spirit-filled prayer team member, spirit-filled, I want you to come forward. I want you to fill this altar. just want you to worship in tongues. I want you to come down and begin to pray in the spirit. There are people down here that are seeking the Lord, and God's going to fill people. I'm going to just invite you to come down and encourage and pray with people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't push it on people, and we don't push them down. But we want to create the atmosphere for God to bring the breakthrough. There's a moment in which you have to go a little bit further in your worship. A little bit further in your worship. A little bit further in your surrender. You're yielding to God. And God will fill. There, guys, guys, God wants to fill you. Give God that chance. Just what you've done in the past won't take you to the future where God's wanting to take you. It's going to take another step. Would you join me? Balcony and main floor. Let's fill this place with worship now.
place with every voice. with four or five people right here filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I just, I watched the, the Spirit of God just flow out of them in a special way and they began to worship God in a language they had not learned. It was a spirit language. I'm going to do something I 
I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know, I haven't done this for several years, but I just so feel it appropriate today for the nine o'clock service. We start service in, in 35 minutes. I realize some of you have assignments you need to go to and things you need to attend to. But if you want to you wanna continue to pray, I'll stay on the altar with you. I've got 35 minutes before the next service. I'll pray with you. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, you stay. We'll pray with you. We're just going to call this an altar service. If you want to stay, if you want to stay balcony or main floor and you just want to, you just want to spend some time in worshiping the Lord, you have kids in kids ministry, go get them and bring them in here. There's nothing wrong with that. You just bring them in here and we're, we're just going to, we're going to call this altar moment until 11 o'clock, okay? We're not going to stop what God is doing, okay? We're just going to, we're going to continue the, in the flow. Thank you for being with us at our resource center is the book on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you would like more information, this is a great read. And I believe it will strengthen your your spiritual experience. For those that need to leave, God bless you. God bless you. But we're going to continue here in altar time.